the free for all roundtable round two on round two today we say good morning to Pavan Brock, serial entrepreneur in marketing tech and real estate development plus also a farmer we always add patrick brown is here mayor of brampton and in an odd timing coincidence we asked kathleen Wynn to pinch hit today so kathleen Wynn, you and patrick brown find yourself facing each other all over again we do, but we're not going to get into fisticuffs, John. No, and you know what? I I want to set that story aside for a second because I thought that the conversation with the father of the 18-year-old who was killed was just so arresting that we should start with something serious before we get into the question, have you ever picked a fight with a stranger? So this is Alan Yakmalian. His son, Milo, 18 years old in the month of May last year, is driving along a road, not at fault, struck head-on, killed at the seen by a 67-year-old driver, and because of a paperwork error, because somebody didn't sign the right form, there will be no justice. It's ridiculous. I can literally throw a piece of garbage in front of an officer on a street and suffer more consequences in terms of fines or anything like that than a man killing somebody. The incompetence level and the accountability now in our system, it, it just proves how broken it is. Now, Patrick Brown, let me start with you. I understand sometimes it's incredibly frustrating, but sometimes, for example, you can't even prosecute a murder because the evidence was seized illegally. I understand that kind of thing. I don't understand how somebody failing to sign a piece of paper means that you have to abandon a trial. Yeah, you know, and I imagine, you know, that the police officers, uh, um, heartbroken and guilty about uh, whatever error was was committed. Uh, you know, there needs to be more reasonableness in the justice system to account for um, uh, an insignificant error on the fact that um, a grievous um, action, uh, crime, is is being ignored because of that is is uh, devastating and wrong. And you know, there needs to be a measure of reasonableness. Um, added to the, the determination of, of events like this. Kathleen, when somebody got in touch with me, a police officer, and said, this is not the officer's fault, it's the justice of the peace for failing to notice the officer hadn't signed the form. Okay, it's but it's a bureaucratic mix-up that means no justice for the father of a dead 18-year-old. Yeah, it's just terrible, as Patrick has said. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually shocked, John, that there isn't a way to... Um, to go back and and try to figure this out. Um, I thought what uh, what the father, what Alan said, was really important in terms of he, he's going to keep pushing because it may not help his family, but he wants to make sure that it helps another family uh, to find out how this happened and make sure it doesn't happen again because it's just it's just a huge tragedy. Yeah, and Pavan, this is not the first time. As a matter of fact, in the last couple of months, we've learned of other cases where there were paperwork errors or evidence or documents were not shipped to the Crown in time, and it's uh, it's beyond vexing. It's such a tragedy, and obviously we're, we're just coming out of COVID, so there's been a big, huge mess and disruption to the legal system. But in this day and age of, you know, electronic signatures and signing and, and counterpart and all that kind of stuff, this is just so sad and so ridiculous. And, and you know, it, 
you know, John, I know you love old expressions. I mean, there's that old British expression, the law is an ass, <laughs> which is, you know, which is really all about when, you know, people are just rigidly applying the law, you know, completely contrary to common sense. And this is common sense. But I would I would add to it, and without casting any aspersions, I would add to it that there is a strong need for an investigation because we don't know why something didn't happen that should have happened. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay. And that's Dickens, if I'm not mistaken. He said, if the law says Dick- that, the law is an ass. That's um, right. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, this is a chance for people to tell personal stories. Um, I don't, I'm not much of a hothead, but in a confrontation, sometimes things can get a little heated. But yesterday, a guy left his dog for two hours chained up to a bench outside of a restaurant on Young Street. And when I crossed paths with him, I said, you know what? You're a really lousy dog owner. And then he told me to F off and I told him to F off. And then I thought this could get ugly. Um, so Kathleen Wynn, have you, I mean, you and Patrick Brown are in a different department, I think, because probably strangers have tried to pick fights with you over politics. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> On a regular basis. But, um, you know, as a, as a politician, uh, you got to learn to listen and not not react with heat. Um, but my, I'm going to tell you a brief story, um, and it's not about a dog. It's about a, a baby. So in 1984, I was, almost to the day, I was eight months pregnant with my third child, and I was um, at the Shepherd Y, and I was going for a swim. I was as big as a house, as my mother would have said. Um, so I was a bag of hormones, and <laughs> I was in the change room, and there was this baby he was probably about two i guess trying to get his shoe on and he was screaming and screaming and screaming and honestly john i just couldn't stand it and so i knelt down and i put the baby the little kid's shoe on for him and the mother just glared at me and i was you know i wasn't trying to be judgmental but i just could not stop myself from intervening you know, I probably shouldn't have. It probably I stepped out of line, but um, I think like you with the dog, you just were, you know, you were overcome with a feeling and um, and stepped in. So if, the, if that mother's listening, I apologize, but I couldn't stop myself. Okay, so that child would be about forty, <laughs> 40 yeah, years 30, old now. Forty-two, maybe. <laughs> Pavan Brach ever end up in a confrontation <laughs> with a stranger? Oh, never. Not since last night, anyways. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I mean, we all have to learn to to not trigger that uh, coronary event uh, and 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 take a deep breath. But I I understand completely how difficult it is. And you know, obviously, these restaurants need to kind of maybe put up a sign that says. Please don't park your dog here or your pet. Patrick Brown, any stories to tell? You know, I haven't had um, many confrontations, um, but you know, people are entitled to their opinions, and, and people certainly have political perspectives they share, but I sort of treat it as water off a duck's back. But in the example you shared, you know, if someone's being um, uh, heinous in their treatment of, uh, of, of an animal, then I think people need to point it out uh, so, so, so they know that... Uh, is not appropriate. So in your case, I'm I'm glad you pointed it out. Okay. And if the owner of Chicklet, the black Labrador who was on Young Street, is listening right now, now you know when you ask me for my name what I do. So um, <laughs> let's go to King Charles's coronation on the 6th of May. And monarchists are outraged. And Pavan, I'll start with you on this one, that the government of Canada doesn't seem to have any plan at all. That's fine with me. I'm not an anti-monarchist. I'm just not fully on board for government-paid street parties for the coronation of King Charles. 
Yeah, I'm with you. You know, uh, you know, my my grandfather fought in World War One for the last king in the British Indian Cavalry. Um, you know, and I so I have a soft spot for the soft spot for the monarchy. But uh, you know, I'm just hoping that maybe the uh, the feds are just trying to negotiate some kind of a deal where they actually pay uh, for this party if we're going to have a party. Uh, because I think uh, I think Canadians, you know, if if 20 percent of Canadians, uh, you know, CIBC mortgage borrowers are are not are we not even covering their balance right now uh, I don't know how fair it is that we we be saddled with the cost so I think it's time we uh, we tax the British a bit and let's uh, send the bill a bill if we're gonna do it okay Kathleen Wynn, I have to imagine you've probably met royalty but uh, do you want to throw a party for the new king I have met King Charles when before he was king um, and uh, Camilla um, we met them in eastern Ontario at a farmers market he was they were both very very charming you know i think that the coronation is going to be marked by thousands and thousands of people across the country john i don't know whether ottawa is going to weigh in i kind of think there should be some remarking of the uh, the coronation but i think there's going to be lots of tea consumed tea and crumpets consumed in the early morning of <laughs> may 6th okay. whether there's a celebration in ottawa or not patrick brown is there anything happening in brampton I'm sure there will be. You know, we've had some um, royal event celebrations at our City Hall or Gage Park. But it, the only thing I'd add is that I think the the celebration needs to be subdued in the understanding the context that people are struggling right now. You know, when I hear about you know 300 people going on a delegation to go to the UK and hotel rooms that are six thousand dollars a night, um, obviously that's uh, out out of out of touch with. Uh, um, the reality that Canadians are in right now, and I, I assume the federal government will adjust their plans to make sure whatever delegation we we send is more, smaller um, and more um, uh, careful with, with the dollars that are spent. Uh, interesting piece today that appears in the Star, but there seems to be some conflict within Canada's intelligence community about whether or not there's some skullduggery involved in the allegations of election meddling. Um, Kathleen Wynne, and I appreciate it, it's a very complicated and uh, politically fraught file, uh, but I also think we need, to, we need to know more so we can draw the proper conclusions here as to whether or not there legitimately was an effort to upset the election. Yeah, I, I listened to a little bit of the um, testimony at the committee yesterday, and I, I think there's some questions. The two questions that come out for me are, um, there was a common, comment about there being no spike in the increase in um, foreign interference. But what that suggests, John, is that there is a base level interference. And I think we, you know, I think we legitimately can ask what that is. And then I think the other question is about the, um, the CSIS leaks and this kind of hint that um, maybe CSIS wasn't happy with the way the prime minister was reacting. I mean, I, to, the, to, the, uh, to the news about the uh, interference. So I think there are questions that are outstanding and I think people, people want to know as much as we can in terms of um, uh, the security of the, the country and, and the election process. I, I think more questions have been raised. Okay, well, Pavan Brach, in, in this form of the discussion, it's almost like we're getting into what they talk about in the United States as deep state, this notion that there are people in the intelligence community or in the civil service who are going to be your undoing unless you behave. Yeah, it uh, it looks like it, and you know, it's just it's just so shocking to to listen to you know all these deputy ministers and people lining up, all of whom report to the current government. And I you know I don't mean to be disrespectful to them, but uh, of course they're going to toe the government line. It would appear, and and it's contrary to some of these leaks here. 
But I would I would take a step back, and it's you know it's kind of fun to be talking about this with two master you know fundraisers on either side of me here on the panel. But I would say that you know we need to have this investigation, not to just dig into the Chinese, but we really need to look at you know what's going on overall with our political system. And I know that you know we know that almost four million dollars was sent up to Canadians uh, to the convoy movement uh, to interfere with obviously what was what appeared to be a Canadian protest. That's a significant amount of money that went up uh, into into that political kind of operation. We know for a fact that uh, there are lots of other organizations that fundraise that may be involved in separatist activities in India and other countries and other places who are who are donating money as well uh, through through the system, through proper channels. But I think we need we need to step back and have an investigation or a an independent panel look at our electoral system. Uh, Kathleen Wynne, when she was a premier, made a lot of changes to the rules in Ontario. Others have made changes federally, but I think we need to go to the next level now uh, and really make some significant changes to to how money flow into campaigns, not just fo- focused on the Chinese, but on, on all its contributors. We'll have to call it there because we're out of runway, but what a pleasure. Kathleen Wynn, thanks for uh, stepping in. Patrick Brown, always nice to have you. And Pavan Brach, very thoughtful as always. Uh, keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for updates on the weather as the day continues. Let's stay safe out there and just enjoy the story. If we possibly can. Catch the round table, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.